Man, I'm telling you, it is an exciting time to be a believer. God is at work. God is doing some things. There's a... I know there's lots of difficulties and challenges, but I guarantee you the Lord understands and the Lord is at work and He wants to be at work through you. That's one of the things I want really to get in our hearts and minds. We've been talking about uh, Luke chapter 4, Luke 4.18, where Jesus kind of declared His personal life's mission statement, quoting Isaiah 61, talking about the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And over the next couple weeks, I'm going to finish that up. So in July, we're going to kick off a new thing. Um, I don't know what it is yet, but I just trust the Lord is going to be good. Um, and, uh, but that whole thing about being, being in Christ and, and that kingdom ministry, that under, understanding that, that we need to be a prepared people walking in God's ways. I mean, it, it, this is one of those, this, this generation and this season is one of those for such a time as this kind of thing. And we need to understand that, we, that those who name the name of Christ, we are kingdom people. We are, we are that, that, that God is at work and He's doing something with an eternal value that will last for generations. Oh, look, the pastor's son came into church. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Think I might use him as an illustration. No, I'm just kidding. I'm afraid about it. He's awesome. He's amazing. Uh, and um, so here's what I want to do today. I've got so much on my heart. I've been praying and, and praying in the Spirit about, Lord, what do you want to do? So I'm just going to jump in it, and we're just going to see what happens, y'all. We're just going to jump in it and see what happens. I'm going to be reading Scripture. You can open your Bible to Romans chapter 5 if you want to, but I'm going to be pulling up Scripture. Uh, hopefully, guys, you got it in the booth up there. I'm going to be reading uh, most today from the Passion Translation. So it'll look a little different from you, and what I want you to do is I want you to just really receive the Word today. And, and you might not have the passion, passion Translation right there physically with you, um, but it'll be on the screen. And I want you to just, I want you just to, you know, let the Word of God really inspire you today. Matter of fact, I want to pray into that, that we, because, you know, you get to determine the value of the voice that you allow into your life. Everything you hear, everyone you meet, every, you determine the value of everything that comes into your existence. So if, if you determine this time and God's word and this house as, as a value to you, then you're going to be on the edge of your seat, ready to go, ready to listen, and somebody's going to distract you be like, no, I'm focused. And you're going to be, you know, in it to win it and stuff. But the reality is you determine the value of, of whose voice matters most in your life. And guys, we have everybody's opinions and everyone's voice going around, and I'm all for releasing your voice and sharing. I'm all for that. But in, in the abundance of voices going around, it calls for a greater discernment to hear the voice of the Lord. You've got to hear the voice of the Lord. We need to be compassionate to hear other people's voices and be able to process with them. But the first and most important voice for every single believer is the voice of the Lord. We have to have ears to hear. And if and and a couple times this past week, I just had to get I just had to get off. I just had to get off Facebook, get off stuff. I just had to get off. It was overwhelming to me. And I just had to get off to go spend some time in the Lord. And, and I'm all for sharing voices, but we need some... We, if we're going to be pre- uh, prepared people to actually be used by God as a kingdom representative right here, right now, to bring about a change that needs to happen that will last for generations, 
then we're going to have to hear His voice. We're going to have to hear His voice. See, it's easy to speak something. A lot harder to listen. A lot harder. The Bible says be uh, quick to listen, slow to speak. Man, I need to practice that one. See, that's why sermons last so long. I'm trying to practice slow to speak. And then, you know, we got to be slow to become angry, quick to listen. And the first person we listen to is God. So, Father, we just pray this morning that you help us, God. We just, we just have ears to hear and a heart to understand you. Lord, help us to hear your voice. Help us to hear clearly. Give a spirit of discernment over your people to rightly divide your word of truth and to rightly hear what you are saying and what you are doing. Give us eyes to see. Give us ears to hear. Give us hearts to understand that we may speak a word in season to him who is weary. Help us, O God, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Uh, So this morning, in talking about this of Christ, I want to talk to you about the love of Christ. Romans chapter 5, verse 1. I'm just going to let it rip, tater chip. Of the faith in Jesus, this is verse 1, our faith in Jesus transfers God's righteousness to us. And he now declares us flawless in his eyes. This means that we can now enjoy true and lasting peace with God all because of what our Lord Jesus, the Anointed One, has done for us. Our faith guarantees us permanent access into this marvelous kindness that has given us a perfect relationship with God. What incredible joy bursts forth within us as we keep on celebrating our hope of experiencing God's glory. But that's not all. Even in times of trouble, we have a joyful confidence knowing that our pressures will develop in us patient endurance. And patient endurance will refine our character and proven and, and, and proven character leads us back to hope. And this is the hope. And this hope is not a disappointing fantasy because we can now experience the endless love of God cascading into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who lives in us. Now, I'm about to show y'all something. I'm about to break y'all off something. I'm about to show you the most greatest demonstration, the greatest movement against the greatest injustice that this world has ever and will ever know. The greatest demonstration, the greatest movement against the greatest injustice that this world has ever seen. Verse 6, For when the time was right, The anointed one came and died to demonstrate his love for sinners who were entirely helpless, weak, and powerless to save themselves. Now, who of us would dare to die for the sake of a wicked person? We can all understand if someone was willing to die for truly a noble person, but Christ proved God's passionate love for us by dying in our place while we were still lost and ungodly. 
And there is still much more to say of his unfailing love for us. For though or through the blood of Jesus, uh, we have heard the powerful declaration that you are now righteous in my sight. And because of the sacrifice of Jesus, you will never experience the wrath of God. You'll experience the correction of God just in case you get tore up from the floor up. Because love corrects, but love doesn't punish. So if while we were still enemies, God fully reconciled us to himself through the death of his son, then something greater than friendship is ours. Greater than friendship. Now that we are at peace with God, And because we share in his resurrection life, how much more shall we be rescued from sin's dominion? Verse 11 says, and even more than that, we overflow with triumphant joy. That means victorious joy in our new relationship of living in harmony with God, all because of Jesus Christ. That is just incredible stuff. And there's the scripture talks about, I'm just going to read a couple more. Look at Colossians chapter one. Y'all, y'all just this today, just look at the screen because ain't nobody got time for looking through your Bible today. Okay, right? There is a divine mystery, a secret surprise that has been concealed from the world uh, for generations, but now is being revealed. I just, I'm telling you, you know what? The Lord wants to reveal something to this world about him through you. The Lord wants to reveal something, not just from, not just from uh, written within the pages of the, of the Scripture and the Word of God, a living, alive, and active demonstration of His love. The Lord is wanting to reveal something that has always been in heaven, but is now maybe just being revealed in the earth through your existence to a world that needs this revelation now more than ever. But it ain't going to happen if we let other voices be the voice in our life. Being revealed, unfolded, and manifested for every holy believer to experience. Living within you is the Christ. For those who are born again, for those who surrendered your life to Jesus, living within you is the Christ. The anointed one who floods you with the expectation of his of glory. This mystery of Christ embedded, I love that language, embedded in embedded within us, becomes a heavenly treasure. You realize inside of you and inside of me is a heavenly treasure that is not to be hidden from the world, like I got it, you don't. But there's enough of that treasure that says, who, you know, who, who else wants some? Well, I want to give out this treasure because he's rich in mercy. He's rich in glory. He's rich in grace. And to a world that is in the poverty of love, they need the richness, the rich treasure of heaven's love. Becomes this heavenly treasure chest of hope filled with the riches of glory for his people, and God wants everyone to know it. A couple things I want you to see. There is no, there is no, um, and I don't have time to break down the definition of no, so really simple no means there is no favoritism in him. 
He's got all kind of favor. All kind of favor, but no favoritism. There's no racism or classism in him. Zero racism in him. Zero racism in him. Our king has zero racism. His kingdom has zero racism. We are ambassadors of Christ. We have a father who is a king. We have a brother who is now a king. And we, we, are, we are sons and daughters of God adopted into the kingdom where there is no racism, where there is no favoritism. And we are of a place that this we are not home, y'all. This is not home. We're not trying to change home. Our home doesn't need to be changed. Our home is perfect. We are here, but there is home. So as a believer, we're trying to bring there here. We're trying to represent home here. We're tapping into home office and the voice of home office so what's true there can be true here. We are secret agents of God. We are kingdom Americans first and foremost. And if you lift up America above the kingdom, you're in trouble. If you lift up the color of your skin above the kingdom, you're in trouble. You lift up your gender above the kingdom, you're in trouble. My gender, uh, my gender, my color of my skin, and my nationality, uh, the, the, the side of the tracks that I was raised on, my, my economic level, all the stuff, is it, God will use all of that if I submit it to Him, but that, none of those things are the driving force. They are realities that God uses, but the reality that He uses is Him. The earth and the Christ is him. And so Christ gets to show up in a white man. Christ gets to show up in someone who comes from this nation or that nation. Christ begins to show up uniquely and beautifully. Looks different, but sounds the same. Because we're submitted to him. And this is the earth and tread. There is no racism or classism there. There is no discrimination or corruption. Then, when we get there, then, when we get to heaven, see, in him, see, everything about the kingdom overflows from the king. Everything about the kingdom of God and his government overflows and is an overflow of the reality of the king. The realities of the kingdom of God are the realities of the king. Take away the king from the kingdom, all you got's dumb. I know it doesn't spell it that way, but that's how it sounds to me. You just got dumb. So the reality is, the reality is, if there's no favoritism in him, there's no racism or no classism there where he reigns and where he rules, and there's no discrimination or corruption then, meaning when we are, we are a, a, away from this world, away from flesh, there's no corruption there. So, there's, so here's the deal, guys. The reality is there should be no favoritism in me. There should be no racism or classism here. And there should be no discrimination or corruption now. And I'm just going to tell you, I want you to listen to me really clearly. Black lives matter. I want you to understand that. And for every person, for every person in here says, well, yeah, but Pastor John, don't all lives matter? That's not the point. That's not the point. Of course all lives matter. God so loved the world. He gave his only begotten son. The point is, we have brothers and sisters. Cause we, you may have a different color of skin or a different gender, a different age, a different kind of car, whatever, uh, but a different kind of, a bunch of differences. But if we name Christ, we share the same father. We're in the same family. 
And the reality is that if you're hurting, why is it hard? Why is it so hard to just say black lives matter? And well, pastor, what about why can't we stand with a group of people that are experiencing injustice and pain and say, we stand with you? Why is that hard? Look, I'm going to tell you, here's how, here's how you know if you got a little racism up in you. Y'all going to wish you, I know I should have went to Heartland today. Y'all, I'm telling you, I should have went to, you know, another church. I don't know why I pick on them. I'm sorry, Nathan. I tried to join Heartland. They won't let me. Anyways, um, um, incredible church. I was just joking. Don't misunderstand me. But the reality is, here's how you know if you got a little racism up in you. Uh, what if your son or daughter married somebody of another color? If you're like, uh, I don't, uh, why would they do that? Why wouldn't they? Or here's here's a better one. Here's a better one. Here's a better. If if you when you see Jesus, and you see that he's black or white or Latino, first of all, he's Jewish. Okay, just in case. But if you're like, hmm, Jesus, and it disappoints you that he's a certain color that you. See, I don't care what color he is. I'm thankful that his blood was crimson and it was red, and he's Jesus the Christ, which is beyond color. He's king of a kingdom. And so so if we're going to be a prepared people, y'all, if we're going to have Christ come through us, not, not just to present salvation to everybody, to present his kingdom so that people can be saved, so they rightly see who he is. More people would be saved if they rightly saw who Christ was or Christ is. They would, they would see him and they would, you know, love him and, and, and they would know him. And so, um, man, okay, 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4. I have no idea what time it is. Oh my, hey, stop that clock. Little children, 1 John chapter 4. Little children, you can be certain that you belong to God and have conquered them uh, for the, talking about the spirit of the Antichrist is what he's talking about. For the one, capital O, well, the one who is living in you is far greater than the one who's living in the world. They belong to this world, talking about those under the spirit of the Antichrist. They belong to this world and they articulate the spirit of this world. And the world listens to them, but we belong to God. You got to know who you are and you got to know whose you are. And whoever truly knows God listens to us. Those who refuse to listen to us do not belong to God. That is how we can know the difference between the spirit of truth and the spirit of deceit. Those who are loved by God let His love. I want you to get that. His love. Not some world definition of love that's based on a lesser reality. If it's love that's based on a a gender. If it's love that's based on a color of skin. If it's love that's based on a a class or, or you know what side of the tracks you're on or how much money you have or what kind of house you live in, where you live or what kind of car you drive. If it's a love that's based on any lesser reality that we find in this earth, it's not the love of God. His love is above all that. And through our lives, he wants to infuse all of that with his love. And so the reality is that let his love continually pour from you to one another because God is love. 
And everyone who loves is fathered by God and experiences an intimate knowledge of him. The one who doesn't love has yet to know God, for God is love. The light of God's love shined within us when he sent his matchless son into this world so that we might live through him. Man, I love that scripture. This is love, how he loved us. Long before we loved him, it was his love, not ours, that his love, not ours. He proved it by sending his son to be the pleasing sacrificial offering to take away our sins. Delightfully loved ones. If he loved us with such a tremendous love, then loving one another should be our way of life. And skip down, for we have come into an intimate experience with God's love. And we trust in the love that he has for us. God is love. Those who are living in love are living in God, and God lives through them. By living in God, love has been brought to its full expression in us. What is the Lord wanting to express through you? See, what you want to express and what other people want to use you to express is not nearly as beautiful as what he wants to express through you. And there's only one person who can stop that expression. You. Because you determine the value. You determine what voice has reigned in your heart and in your life. By living in God... Love has been brought to its full expression in us so that we may fearlessly face the day of judgment because all that Jesus now is, so are we in this world. Love never brings fear, for fear is always related to punishment, but love's perfection drives the fear of punishment far from our hearts. Whoever walks constantly afraid of punishment has not reached love's perfection. Our love for others is our grateful response to the love God first demonstrated to us. Every person in here and every person on this planet who names the name of Christ, you are a slave. You are a slave to sin. And every form of racism, every form of corruption, every form of discrimination, every hate crime, every, every form of, of prejudice comes out of the fact that we were all born slaves of sin. And he came to free us from our Egypt. He came to free us from our Pharaoh and give us a father and bring us into a family. And his love in us should be his love through us. We have the same father. We're in the same family. I got like, I got more scriptures First John 4.21, for he has given us this command. Whoever loves God must also demonstrate love to others. There is no, there is no greater cause, greater movement, greater demonstration than the love of God.
And you get to be that spokesperson. I get to be that spokesperson. Every day of my life. I'm all for protesting. I'm totally against rioting and looting. I'm all against protesting. No. For protesting. I'm all against rioting and looting. Thank you. My sermons would be a lot better if Sarah would do that more for me and help me out. I'm all for protesting against rioting and looting. But don't protest when your life ain't preaching it. Your opinion on Facebook is not nearly as valuable as your example in life. It's easy to sit there and say whatever. Won't you do something? I am. I'm going to go do... There's things that need to be done. There's things that need to be addressed. There's things that need to be done. There's things that need to change. In, in the White House, in the church house, in your house, in my house. Things that need to change. But if we would all listen to the Lord, we'd have unity in the Spirit. See, unity is not uniformity. Unity is the allowance of diversity for the outcome of harmony. But we don't have that without the Spirit. We don't have that without His love. Okay, so... All these scriptures are so good. This is so... John 13, 34 through 35. So like Jesus says, I give you a new commandment. Love each other just as I have loved you. For when you demonstrate the same, everybody say the same, the same love I have for you by loving one another, then everyone will know that you are my true followers. The love of Christ. What a privilege. What a privilege. See, the church has got it confused. We think we're here to enforce the judgment of Christ. But Jesus said he didn't come to judge the world, so that's a little confusing to me. So the reality is we have this privilege to love the world. That we can love people fearlessly. Now, that doesn't mean when I, when I love you, Jesus loved us. It didn't mean he agreed with the sin in our life. It doesn't mean he condones everything that we're doing. What he says is, in spite of what you're doing, in spite of what you've done, in spite of what's been done to you, I love you. And my heart towards you is love. So even if I do have the opportunity, because we are now in relationship, even though I, if I do get the opportunity to lead you, I'm going to lead you because I love you. I'm not trying to control you. I'm not trying to, to you know, put you down. I, I want to love you to earn the right to lead you. So I want to love you fearlessly so I can lead you faithfully to unlock all the Christ that He wants to unlock in and through you. That's the reality of what Christ wants to do. That's the reality of His life. And so when you look, you can look at 1 Corinthians 13 when you go home and look at that scripture about love. Love is this and love is that. All the description about what love is. I, I dare you to go read 1 Corinthians 13 and look at the description of love. 
And worship team, y'all go ahead and come on up and get ready. Look at the description of love, because in reality, this description of God's love, you know, love is patient, love is kind, love is all these different things. The reality is God is love. And, and God, Christ, lives in us. He's, we, are, we have this heavenly treasure in earthen vessels. And so the reality is we have the privilege not only to be loved by God fully and freely, in spite of everything that's wrong with us. Anybody got anything wrong with them? Yeah. And that's not time to point. Is it time to raise your hand? <laughs> yeah. So the reality is with all that's wrong with us, he still loves us. And here's the deal, though. There's one thing better than receiving the love of God is having God love somebody else through you. But you want to love them. You want to love them so they are touched by the love of God so you can lead them out of their sin. Lead them out of their bondage. Lead them out of the lie that's holding them bondage. I think it's a great time to be a Christian. I think some of y'all, I'm telling you, I believe, I believe God is just, he's, he's, he's calling and He's choosing different people who will begin to have a spirit of discernment to hear his voice. To hear his voice. And then you'll know the difference. So you can tell a difference when people are just speaking their, their stuff, just sharing their, their opinions, and you, you know all that stuff. Well, and, and everyone's just so prone to disagreement. Here's the thing. You don't have to defend yourself. Somebody says, I disagree with you. Okay. You don't have to be defensive. Somebody, somebody says, uh, I'm voting for Trump. You don't have to be like, oh, gosh. Somebody says, I ain't voting for Trump. You don't got it. It's like, cool, whatever. Do your thing. Because we both share somebody who was not voted in as our father or voted in as our king. And so we need to come into that kind of agreement and say, Lord, we're going to trust your will. Not my will be done. We're going to trust your will be done. And we have this awesome privilege of, of every, every kind of person and every generation to hear the voice of God. And we begin to just come alongside somebody who's going through a struggle and going through a burden. If Even if... Look, all the stuff I think is not 100% accurate. And I know all the stuff you think is not 100% accurate either. And so what if, we just, what if we just said, Lord, I want first and foremost your love to come through. That I want to listen to people fully. I don't want to listen to people, I don't want to listen to people ready to give my answer. I don't want to listen ready to defend and get in our argument. How about we listen to get into a relationship, not an argument. And what if, what if we disagree? We can still be in relationship. Oh my goodness. What if the world saw that reality happening? What if somebody posts stuff on Facebook, I don't have to immediately post back the exact thing I disagree with. What if I just took the opposite? What if I found the one or two things I agreed with and post that instead? Because my agreement on one thing doesn't mean my agreement on everything. And just because I listen to you does not mean I agree with everything. What it means is I love you. 
and I value your voice. And if you're going to come to me and say, you agree with everything I say and do everything I do, or you don't agree with me, that is what I call your problem. Not mine. Not mine. But I'm going to walk in the love of God. I'm going to walk in the love of God. Here's what I want to do. It's two things at the same time. We're going to sing the song that we haven't sung in a while here at this church. And I want you to remember every person that you know what we're about to do. I want you to sing the song reminding yourself that you made a decision. You made a decision to follow him. I want you to remember every week when the Lord spoke for us to sing that, I just sense this thing of like it's a constant reminder that we have decided and will continue to decide to follow Jesus regardless of anybody else or anything else. And for those, as we sing the song, we're going to take time just to sing a song. For those who might be new here, if you're here and, you, um, uh, and you've, never, you've never surrendered your life to Christ, like maybe you know, maybe you know God loves you, or maybe today you just found out how much he loves you, that God's not angry with you and he's not looking for you to punish you. That's why I didn't go to church. I thought the pastor was like a parole officer. I wasn't going to church. Thought I was going to get caught. But the reality is he loves you. And he wants, he's choosing you to use you. to Not only you to receive his love and him to redeem your life and lift you up out of the pit, but use you to love people through you. And so maybe you're here today and you've never in your life, listen very carefully, you may have been in church before, but you've never in your life surrendered your life and say, I want to make a decision to follow Jesus. Now, because there's different church backgrounds. What we do here is we celebrate that publicly. So you might be sitting here as we sing. We have people walk up and come meet me right here. Like, like literally get up out of their seat and they walk up and they come meet me right here. And when they do that, when they do that, what they're saying is they're not saying I'm joining Faith Center. What they're, what they're, they're saying is I, I believe Jesus Christ is who he says he is, that he died on a cross, he, that God raised him from the dead on the third day, and that he loves me, and I'm now surrendering my life to him. And I feel him calling me, I feel him inviting me, and it's time that I make a decision to follow him. Well, why do you have to do it in front of everybody? He died publicly for you. And his relationship with you, if you decide to, to follow him, your relationship with him, he doesn't want to keep it private. He wants to take it public. So you might as well start that way. Well, I'm scared. Get over it. I I don't know what other people will think. Number one, I know what they'll think. Yes! What about if I came with somebody? I don't know what they will think. Well, maybe they think because I need to follow them and do the same thing. So here's what I'd like to do. Church family, I want us to stand. I want us to stand if you would. We're going to sing this song, and if it's you, if it's you that you say, I need to give my life to Jesus today, and God's been speaking to me about surrender. I'm not talking to the, the Christian who's had a, just a difficult week, and you, you just need prayer. I'm not talking to you right now. I'm talking to the person who says, you know what? I've never put my faith in Jesus to save me, to redeem me, to save me from the slavery of my sin. And today, you want to trust him. Then all you have to do is walk right up here, and I'm going to pray with you. Um, before I forget, before we sing that, 
People who might be new, you're like, what? okay, I thought worship goes first and preaching. I thought, you know, what are y'all doing? This church is so messed up. So here's what's going to happen. In a moment, we're going we're gonna to enter into a time of worship. And during that time of worship, you can come to the altar and you can, you can pray. And, and we'll have a time later on where we'll pray over people. Uh, for tithes and offerings, we're not passing buckets. Uh, there's a, there's a um, uh, drop box thing right out by that door. We're going to try to hopefully get one put over here by, by this door over here too. We're going to work on that. But um, you, just, you can just give your tithes and offerings just there. You guys have been so faithful, so faithful. Um, and also Tuesday night, I feel like the Lord spoke something to me during the 10 days of prayer that we just came out of. So this Tuesday night at 6 p.m., for any kingdom-minded person that says, I want change, I want change, and especially anybody who's willing to go protest, I invite you to come pray. Every Tuesday night, we're going to be here praying. 6 p.m. Worship team, no worship team. We're going to be here praying. We're going to be here praying so that the Lord will show us how to protest. So the Lord to show us how to bring change and how to release his love. We're going to be praying over, over our city, over our region, every Tuesday night, starting this Tuesday night, 6 p.m. And when you come in, don't come in waiting for me to start the service. We're going to be, we're going to be praying. We're going to be praying. So if you are here and you need to give your life to Jesus as we sing, are you leading it? Oh, I love when you sing this song. Let's sing the song to the Lord. I have decided to follow 